Well, as Pastor Jeff said, we are the Fanes. We are the daughter and son-in-law of the people you just honored uh, this morning. And we've been serving in Thailand now for about five years. Um, the vision of our team is to do church planting and discipleship within the realm of anti-human trafficking among the Northern Thai people. Um, so we live in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is in Northern Thailand. And these are some statistics about Thailand, but what I want to really highlight is that Buddhism is the main religion. And they have a saying, to be Thai is to be Buddhist. And so it's embedded in who they are and in res respecting their family and in their culture. And to turn from that and understand that they can still be Thai and be a Christian is a huge step for most of them to take. Just a quick example would be that um, my friend Neem that I met pretty much from day one of landing, um, she started getting open to the truth and asking great questions. And I was so excited to answer some of them. And I started teaching Sunday school and I shared it with her. And she was like, oh, I would love to hear you teach. And I said, please come, please come. Well, Sunday came and Sunday went, and she never showed up. And so Monday, I found her in the neighborhood, and I said, oh, I missed you yesterday. And she said, yeah, uh, my husband said I am not allowed to walk through those church doors, and we cannot talk about spiritual things anymore. And so that's just a picture, a little picture of what um, the battle is that a lot of these Thai people are having. Another result of Buddhism being high and the gospel not penetrating the culture and Thailand is that human trafficking is a huge issue over there. Tourism brings um, a lot of income for the economy and that depends heavily on the red light district. And so our hearts team is to focus on church planting and discipling in the realm of anti-human traffic and exploitation work. And we wanna com combat that human trafficking by empowering the local church and to fight the battle. And David will talk more about that. Yeah, so um, in our first couple years in Thailand, we were focusing on just doing language learning and understanding the culture and trying to see where the Lord would have us fit in in this, in this area of human trafficking. Because there were other ministries we knew of over there. There were other people doing this. And so we thought, well, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Let's see where our niche is as a team and how we can, can fit into this. And so we started just observing. We started going and visiting a lot of other ministries. And uh, what happened was is that we notice a trend um, almost throughout. About 99% of the, the, the ministries that we were going and seeing was that it was 100% missionary run. It was their vision. It was their um, ideas that they were taking forward. And so what would happen is if those missionaries ever left, if they ever had, or if they ever even took a furlough or things like that, is that the ministries would, would either fall away, they would stop doing what they were doing, or they would die altogether if the missionaries left, left the field. And so the trend that we were noticing was that this was not something that the church in Thailand was spearheading. It was not something that they were the ones who were creating the focus. They were the ones who were creating the vision. And, um, and so what was happening is then as soon as the missionaries left and were out of context, then uh, the, the ministries would fall away. So we realized that this really needed to be something that was spearheaded by the Thai church. They were the ones who needed to be the ones creating their vision, their emphases, 
and, and their uh, way of addressing this issue of human trafficking. I'm sorry, I'm hearing a big echo. Okay, is that better? All right. And so uh, what that meant was we wanted to then find a church that shared a lot of our same visions and ideals. And so we were led to Chiwit Romien, which is very roughly translated. Actually, Google translated would be Cool Shade of Life Church, um, or the Church of Tranquility is how it would be more appropriately translated. And their pastor has the same heart for doing church planting. This little Thai church of about 50 members, 50 to 60 members, um, has already planted two churches, one in central Thailand that has actually already outgrown our church up in northern Thailand, and one in southern Thailand among the Muslim population there, which is still quite small. They have to be a little more secretive, a little more underground because they're in the midst of a, of a Muslim population there. Um, but they're also in the process of planting two more churches, um, one in uh, actually a village that we just recently moved to, um, and one in... Uh, central Thailand and Isan and Isan is a is uh, an area of Thailand that has just been historically very very closed off to the gospel um, there's been almost 200 years of missionary work in Thailand many of those years in Isan and yet the Isan people well, the Thai people as a whole only about 0.7 percent of their population are Christian um, or Protestant Christian and then in Isan it's only about 0.2 to 0.3 percent would consider themselves Protestant Christian. So this is after many, many years of, of work there. Um, and so uh, we have uh, assisted our Thai church in trying to do church planting in Isan among this group. So these are some pictures just of our church. But one of the ways that we felt the Lord's kind of leading us to do something in the here and now while we were assisting our Thai church was to get involved with the wheelchair project. This, this was twofold, well really threefold. One, is gave us a, a good visa platform in order to be in the country, so it gave us stability there because visas had been kind of a hit or miss thing over the past few years. Um, it also gave us a way to reach out to some of the most vulnerable families for human trafficking. Oftentimes traffickers target families who have a family member with a disability, um, because they're an easy target. They have a lot of financial needs. They have um, an issue. They have situations where they need uh, medical expenses and all of those things. And so they become some of the most susceptible to having a family member being sold into either the red light district or into uh, household slavery. Um, but what it also did is it gave our church a platform to go out and start um, reaching out to some of the of the. Uh, Villages surrounding both our church up in Thailand, but also down in Isan where this church plant was happening. Um, so what the wheelchair project did is it just gave them clout before, um, before some of these village leaders, before a lot of the people within them, and it started bringing people in who, who may not have had access to being able to be brought in. So uh, this individual right here, this, this man, we were able to bring him a wheelchair he uh, became a believer a number of years ago, but he hasn't been able to leave his house um, for almost two years before we brought this wheelchair to him. And so some of the people within this village were, were seeing the ways in which we were able to provide this help to them, and they were then responding. So as I shared, Isan has been historically very, very closed off to the gospel. Our church, about five years ago, um, took a team down there to do just a uh, missions trip. There was a, a virus going around during their cold season, which is very different from cold season here. Um, it feel like 
summer here, but it's cold for them over there. Um, and so uh, there was just a virus going around. They were bringing medical help down there. They brought a bunch of a team of doctors down there to provide medical care for a lot of these people. And they brought a lot of warm clothes. And over the course of this weekend, they started giving gospel presentations. And over the course of this weekend, 30 people came to know the Lord um, over in one weekend. Unheard of, unheard of in that region. Um, we were very excited about that. And so our, our, our church realized this is, this is miraculous. It's something that's not normal. And so we need to keep investing in, in this village, in this area. And so every two months, we started taking a team down there. We started doing discipleship groups with a lot of these new believers. Um, unfortunately, this particular village is about an hour and a half drive from the closest church. Um, just again, there's not many churches in that region. And most of the people there don't have cars, don't have a way even to get to those churches. And so we realized, okay, we need to start trying to invest in them ourselves. And so we did. We took a team every two months trying to do discipleship classes, disciple this group of new believers. And every time we went down, between three and five people were putting their faith in the Lord. So this group has now grown from 30 people back in 2019, 18, 19, to 60 people now. Um, again, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. And we realize that one of the ways we get to contribute to that is through giving them more and more clout within, within that uh, within that village, and so we've been able to bring in more and more people through the use of uh, providing medical care and wheelchairs. So these are some of the pictures of the discipleship classes that we've been able to run. Um, and again, we've been able to run them for about 60 people every time that we go down there. Um, Courtney shared a story about one of her friends. I wanted to share a story actually from Isan. So I'm the guy sitting there in the orange, and one of the days we were setting up, we were preparing to uh, do our discipleship classes there in the afternoon, and this woman and her son came running up, and they were just, uh, she's actually the older sister of one of the members in our church, um, and she uh, was just hysterical, just basically saying, I need to know Jesus, I need to know Jesus, please tell me how to know Jesus, me and my son, we need to put our faith in Jesus. Um, and so we said, okay, we'll, we'll pray with you. We sat her down. We started praying with her. And about 10 to 15 feet behind me um, in this picture, uh, a truck comes screeching tires, rolling up behind us. And this man gets out and just starts screaming, you're, you're embarrassing us. You're embarrassing us. Bring our son back. You're, you're, you're bringing shame on our family. Um, in Thailand, you oftentimes don't have to worry about physical um, safety for a new believer, but this, this shame is what they typically have to encounter if they put their faith in the Lord. And so her husband was the one who had come out of this truck and she was just yelling at her, get back in the truck. Um, but she didn't, praise the Lord. <laughs> she didn't get back in the truck. She put her faith in the Lord and she's continued to um, attend those discipleship classes. But uh, just to give you guys a taste of what it's like for some of these new, new believers in order to put their faith in the Lord, they have to essentially turn their back on their families, or at least that's what it feels like. They feel like they're turning their back on their families. They feel like they're turning their back on their villages. They're turning their back on their cultures. And so it really is a, a, a tough decision for them to do. Um, I also wanted to share this story. So getting a Bible actually in Thailand is quite expensive for Thai people. So one of the things that actually your gifts and giving to us has contributed is we've been able to start providing Bibles for this church plant down in Isan. 
Um, it actually costs more than a week's salary in order to buy one Bible um, for a, for a Thai, new Thai believer. And so we were able to purchase a number of Bibles and take them down. This man right here, is he became a believer a couple of years ago, but because of his work and his job situation, he hasn't been able to attend any of the discipleship classes. Um, but he really, really wanted a Bible so that he could start learning more about this God that he put his faith in. Um, and so I was able to take him a Bible um, in one of our last trips down there, and he was just ecstatic, and he, with tears just streaming down his face, picked up the Bible and just started kissing it, saying, finally, finally, I have the Bible in my own language. So just wanted to thank you guys so much for the gifts that you give, because that contributes to that. So I love how in the Bible it talks about remember, remember what God has done. And he, there's so many times where he tries to tell his people, remember what I've gotten you through. Remember. And so Psalm 71 says, but I will continually, and I will hope continually, and I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. And there is so much that God has done in all of our lives, that even things that we don't even know. And we are so thankful because you guys are an extension of our ministry. You guys are the ones who have sent us out. You are the ones who are holding the rope through prayer, encouragement, and support for us to even stand in Thailand. And so please join me in giving all the glory to God and showing him um, that it is him alone that we serve. And so with that, we are going to continue on stories stories of what God is doing in Thailand. And so the picture behind me is of um, a discipleship group that consists of five Thai men. And David was eventually invited to this Thai group. It took about two years of being consistent and showing his face at a soccer meetup that he finally got invited and they said, we're trying to study the Bible together. Would you like to come? And so it began as going through the Gospels and trying to figure out what is discipleship. Well, that turned out in um, six months ago. These five Thai men have now gone out and made their own discipleship groups. And these, David and the other missionary, Preston, in that picture, are now supporting these Thai men in their own discipleship groups. And that's exactly our heart. We don't want to just make a huge group. We want to empower the nationals to go out and reach their own people. And it's been amazing to see um, that happening. Another thing that God has done is that um, the other, so the woman on the team, we prayer walk through the red light district um, where trafficking is huge. and. There are so many stories I could tell here, and there's so many heartbreaking stories I could tell here. Um, it is hard. It is a lot for those women because they're financially supporting a lot of people, their family, their parents, and it's humbling to turn from that lifestyle and try to restart. Um, just a quick 
So join me in praying, please. When we, we walk the Red Light District every Tuesday night, and so that would be Tuesday morning here. And please join me in prayer for these women. There's one lady who we met, and she was considered a hostess. And she said, oh, no, 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 I'm just a hostess. Don't worry, I'm just a hostess. And so we started talking, and we're like, oh, okay. Um, and we just shared a little bit with her, and we kept seeing her for like three weeks. And then she, we could not find her at all. And this is very, very, very common. We walk by bars and we have like six women that we are lifting up to the Lord that we have no clue where they are. And we're just praying that they have come to know Jesus and that there's someone else that has stepped into their life. Well, anyways, we didn't see her for like a whole month. And then all of a sudden we saw her and she was actually with a client and she left her client and ran to my um, teammate and just hugged her and cried and cried and cried. And we said, are you okay? Is something wrong? Do you need to, do you wanna leave with us? Do you wanna go? And she said, no, 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 I need to stay. I need to stay. And so we can't you know, force her away, but our heart just breaks for her, our heart. And there's so many more stories that are similar to that, of just grasping the girl and just saying, like, I'm praying for you. I'm there for you. Um, and God is at work, and I know he is. And we're continuing to lift these girls up to him. What has been interesting, though, this season is that God has given us the kids of these women. So a lot of these kids, if the woman, if their mom is in the red light district, they're with a family member or a relative. And a lot of times we hear that these relatives or family members are stuck with these kids. Um, and so this is a girl, her name is actually, her Thai name means diamond. And she is the sweetest girl ever. And we were asked um, if we would be willing. So last summer break, um, we were asked if we would be willing to pick her up some days during the week and bring her to our house to play and hang out with us. And so we prayed about it and we're like, okay, and we feel like God's calling us to do this. We did not know her story at this time. And so we drove 30 minutes out to pick her up and came back with her for a while and then drove again 30 minutes out and 30 minutes back. Um, but it was worth it. It was worth it. She, another word, so they even have a Thai word for her, and it's called Luk Ting, which means a throwaway kid. And so, and she is not a throwaway kid. She is wonderful, she is beautiful, and she um, just uh, got baptized actually a month ago because she realized that she is a daughter of God. And so she, her mom is probably in the red light district in a different um, area of Thailand. And she is with her grandma who is medically cannot take care of her. And so Diamond is going to school as a 12 year old, coming home and making her own, um, making food, cleaning the house, bathing her grandma and taking care of the household as a 12 year old. And it's just been humbling to just step into her life and to love her and to be like, no, you can be part of our family. We love you. And Christ loves you even more. 
And one of the things that we are so excited about is that we just moved to her village. So instead of driving 30 minutes out to pick her up and 30 minutes back the summer break, she can walk to our house in two minutes. And we are just overwhelmed. Um, and so God continued to give us these kids. So Jan, I met at a coffee shop, and God just put on my heart, go encourage her. And so I did. And all of a sudden, it became a friendship and a mentorship. And she was at my house every Saturday. And she started sharing her story, how her mom was in the red light district, and how she would love to not follow in her mom's footsteps, but she wants a, her own baking business. Well, David and I prayed about it, and we've never started our own business, and I only bake for my family. <laughs> but God, um, God answered that and said yes, to go with her and to follow her and to encourage her and help her start this baking business. Well, I would love, I'm so overjoyed to tell you that this past October, she quit her full-time job because she has a self-sustaining baking business. And yes. And so the biggest thing though is that she's starting to understand grace and who God really is and truth and that she is her she is completely a new creation in God. And that has been so powerful to see. So um, again, more kids. So we do Kids Club as a family on Saturdays, and this has actually been really cool because it is one of the five um, Thai men that were, was part of his discipleship group. Um, he wanted to just start a discipleship group with the kids in his village because his heart is to see these kids that will be the leaders of this village in... 10, 20 years to be followers of God. And so he has a long-term vision, and it is so cool to see it, and it is so cool to just be right behind him, encouraging him, and to be right there serving next to him. And again, quite a few of these kids are with relatives that don't want them or relatives that are stuck with them because their parents are um, absent. And so to just be that loving person and that safe person for them has been really powerful for our family. And we pray that they would know that they could always come to us. Um, and one girl did. She actually, uh, she wanted to kill herself um, because she knew her aunt didn't want her in the home. She has no clue where her mom or dad is. And she just struggled. And so Joyce, which is, yeah, another missionary, um, she said, come to the house, just come to the house early. Don't worry, just come to the house. And so she came to the house like two hours earlier than Kids Club starts. And she was like, no, like you are welcome into this house. Don't ever feel like you can't walk into these doors because you are loved and my door is always open for you. And she did not commit suicide, and she, her smile is huge. Like, it, it just, uh, it's overflowing, and you can't, it's contagious. And so this is just little snippets, little pictures of what you guys are holding the rope for. And we cannot thank you enough.
Yeah, so um, what, how can you guys get a little bit more involved? That's what I kind of want to answer right now. So as we shared, we've been getting really, really um, heavily into uh, doing discipleship alongside our Thai church. Um, this little Thai church, as I shared, they're very, very missional. So in this picture, um, our church is in a network of about eight different other ministries and churches from all over Thailand. I got to be a part of those leadership meetings um, about six months ago when they were discussing just vision for how they wanted to continue to do discipleship um, throughout Thailand. Um, but these are all church planters, all who share that same vision, all who want to um, do discipleship training, want to do church planting training, all who want to uh, just continue to see Thailand reach for the gospel. Um, and so we are committing to partner ourselves with um, our local Thai church. Um, this church, as I said, very, very missional. Not only do they have all of these church planting visions, but they are cons constantly, every member within that church, trying to invite neighbors, trying to invite family, trying to invite things. But our little church of about 60 people would fit in the first uh, room about the size of maybe the first two rows of this church. So it's very, very small, oftentimes standing room only. And so one of the things that we've been trying to do over the course of our time here in America is help to raise funds for a new church building. Um, this church building would be used not only to um, continue to be an influence within our, our immediate realm of, of those few villages around the church, but also to start doing uh, church, uh, church planting training. That's one of the visions of our pastors to start doing trainings in order to build up church, the next generation of church planters to continue to do this around Thailand. Um, so if you would like some information about that, we will be in the back um, at our table. We would love to talk to you about how you can potentially get involved with that. We're praying for a thousand people who'd be willing to give $200. Um, and if we had that, we would be able to build the, the uh, church tomorrow. Um, and we're actually about a fifth of the way to that goal. So um, we're really excited for the way the Lord's been answering that prayer. Um, we also have a newsletter that we send out every uh, couple of months. So if you are not on that newsletter and you would like to be, please come back to the table and see us. Um, and yeah, just thank you again so much for this opportunity to share with you guys today. Well, we are so grateful that uh, you have had the opportunity to spend some time with us and uh, making yourself available. I hope you will, if you don't know this couple, they are just one of the finest people you will ever meet. And you'll be heading back uh, uh, to, what's that? Nine days. So, so uh, we have them for a short season here. So make, uh, make yourself uh, aware of that and, and give them uh, your, your attention. I think uh, it's probably fair to say they've talked about the church planning. But personally, I know that they are uh, also aware of needs in terms of just your ministry, and, and they have some obligations that they have to meet. If that's put on your heart as well, I'm sure that they would be able to kind of uh, direct you in that way. And they'll be in the back afterward. Next, uh, next Saturday night, we have a mission banquet. Uh, David's father is going to be with us next week. I'm really, really excited. You will enjoy him immensely. So if you would uh, plan to join us uh, Saturday evening, he'll also be with us Sunday morning. Uh, it's it's going to be a wonderful uh, experience as we wrap up uh, this season that God has, has led us on. As we've talked about some of the mission work and we've just we've really just scratched the surface there are so many other things but these are some of the primary ways our church is involved and we wanted you to get a sense of where we're reaching around the world we want to pray for David and Courtney and uh, their sweet family I'm going to invite those who might like to come maybe I'll invite you guys to come over here or maybe
maybe down on the floor here. Anyone else who would just like to anoint them and put their hands on them as we pray, I would invite you to come forward at this point. Do that rather quickly, and then we will end with a, a song of benediction. Oh, Heavenly Father, it, uh, it breaks our heart to hear some of what is happening in Thailand where so much darkness yet reigns. And yet, Lord, you have called out this couple to be a part of your kingdom work there. And more, Lord, we know that even more importantly than our hearts are broken, your heart is broken. So much so that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for, the, for those who are involved in the work at the red light district, for those children, those beautiful children who in so many ways are neglected and feel unwanted. Lord, you want them. You desire them. And we proclaim right now your kingdom come in Thailand. We proclaim, Lord, that, that, that Jesus Christ is Lord over that area and that the darkness would be dispelled, the demonic activity would be pushed back because of the word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword. We're thankful, Lord, for this couple that allows us to be represented there in that work that you're doing. Would you just allow David and Courtney to feel refreshed and renewed for the work that you've called? But also, Lord, that there would be an overwhelming sense of your provision. We know that that comes in finances, but also, Lord, just through your spirit. It is not by might, not by power, but through your spirit, Lord. And so we pray an anointing upon them would come and that, Lord, your word will go forth in power and it will not return void. Continue to use this couple to that end. Bless their children. Bless those beautiful boys. May they, Lord, also be just anointed with the, the ability to be ambassadors for Jesus and the connections that they make. Keep them safe. Keep them strong. We thank you, Lord, for the healing grace you provided Courtney just recently. We just pray, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen her and give her strong uh, uh, opportunities, Lord, to minister to women. For David and the discipleship he is leading, Lord, I just pray that he would continue to be anointed with the ability to communicate. And we would just see and be able to share, Lord, that, that, that we would know that your grace is working. Lord, just cover that place with who you are. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.